0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: The Squareball Podcast.
2: Hello there. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors is our show propaganda. They will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the squareball. If my... Peripheral vision is correct. You can see this on YouTube, by the way, as well as listening in your podcast app. Uh, Michael is hastily Googling or opening the Levi's website. I'm doing something completely different, actually. And uh, looking at some of that, because I set you the challenge of doing something beyond the usual lazy, tired, wills, probate, conveyancing.
3: Which I remembered. Trifecta. So I'm introducing the B3, 4B, big three for business, which are commercial dispute resolution, mm-hmm. um, commercial property, and let's say employment. Note them down so I remember the big B3, B4, no. B next week. What, what I want you to do is get to next week and oh, there won't be a
2: propaganda next week will there? because um, international oh, we'll find something we'll find something just because I want to hear you basically mess this up again on behalf Not of Levi's. Not I've nailed it. How's your commercial dispute resolution going on? Is that
3: right? Not got one, have I? No. All, be, all got sorted out. Who by? I believe solicitors. Did you pay full
4: price? Uh, nope. How I much? I was going to say by AFC Bournemouth.
3: <laughs> got 10% off, didn't I? Yeah,
2: legal fees. How did you do that? Without a discount. Yep. Well done. Thanks, Michael.
4: Ever the pro. Moscow's here as well. Hello, Moscow. Hi, it's uh, uk forward slash the square ball, isn't it? It is, it really is, yeah. It's as easy as that. I, I don't I, why I know why you make it so complicated. I know that. We have got to tell people. Can't, not it, mind readers. It was better coming from you. Could, right. Uh, draw it in pen across the front of you. <laughs> <laughs> let's,
2: get to the, let's get on to the show. This is propaganda where we find out what's being said in the football world. We look at it through a Leeds prism, of course. Should we start with Leeds then? Find out what what the reaction is to our nil nil.
3: Let's get it over and done with. What, <laughs> like the game, the Leeds bit. It's nil nil. So it?
4: enthusiastic for the uh, the, the well thought out, considerately sent opinions of our members. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Well, just what's the, well, what, just the Leeds bit? You know, it was. Do me a forward tease then. What's coming later on in the show? Well, Chelsea lost. Scum lost. So perfect. So there you go. Don't worry about the Leeds United stuff on this Leeds related podcast. We've got Chelsea and Man United coming. <laughs>
3: They're lost though. I mean we wouldn't we wouldn't ordinarily cover them we will we, be mocking a poor simple boy in
2: the form of Rory Jennings as well
3: that's very true and um Johnny United making a, oh, he's back. a comeback as well Who's not been uh, not been seen for a while Johnny United was great fun
2: he's from around my part isn't he um, around Bradford Way yes but, and he used to sign off his streams or his output whatever it was his YouTube videos very very hastily
3: see you later have a good day bye yeah like
2: <laughs> from, go from pure anger to see you later guys don't forget to like and subscribe I've seen a bit Anyway, um, let's kick off with uh, the Leeds reaction, part one.
1: Very weird experience driving up to Leeds on Saturday. The car was full of optimism. We were discussing how many we were going to put past Wednesday. When was the last time we won two in a row? And then a couple of pints, all going well. And fucking hell, full time, walking back to the car, didn't even need to look at the league position. Fucking 15th after that shower of shite of a game router forgot the golden rules of playing in front. Kick it really hard
2: at the goals, around the goals, close to the goals. Due to holidays,
1: I can't get to Ellen Road again on my season ticket until October 28th against Huddersfield. And based on today, it sounds like it might not be a bad thing. I tried to big last half full, so didn't lose. Clean sheet for the first time in forever. That's it, they're the positives. Slow start to the season now, three games at home without a win. Three games, we probably should have won all three of them.
2: So we need to get moving, but international break for the new signings to bed in. But my God,
5: that is a bad result today. Only Leeds United could sign the best striker in the league after years of crying out for a fit and firing striker and instantly play him as an attacking midfielder.
6: No goals against the worst team in the division. And I
4: really don't think we have any players that could change that game. Dan kind of mentioned that this needs time to bed in. I'm not a gardener, but I think for that analogy to work, it's got to bed in before
2: winter. And frankly, winter's coming. That's from Game of Thrones, isn't it? That's from the TV program
4: Game of Thrones. It's yeah. their famous catchphrase. Yeah, Every show's just like leading up to when somebody's going to say it. Going to say it. And that's that's what's been, the whole tension was built up around that, wasn't it? Never seen it. No, me mean,
2: uh, you've it seen it, haven't
3: you? Game of Thrones now. Oh, I thought you had no no
2: tits and dragons apparently as I said the other week. Oh, I think you said yeah.
3: that. I think that made yeah. me.
2: I, that made me think you'd watched it. It was a former colleague of mine. She just I said to her, "What's what's it about?" She says, "You haven't seen it." I said, "I'm not. I'm not seeing it." So, what's it about? She went, "Oh, tits and dragons." Okay. John Luke Colombo has gone in on us with two feet about our, our horrific treatment of Ruta, which has been absolutely mild. Like I, I want him to succeed, little uh, Jorginho and I think we, pra- we praised his brilliant goal at Ipswich. Maybe not so much the finish um, against Sheffield Wednesday when when he went
4: one one on one with the keeper. I mean, I think we've been all right to him, haven't we? Like, I love the man like a brother. We've certainly not laid into him at any point. <laughs> the thing is that miss was so glaring. So just just
2: to explain, this, it says why not support the lad after a quite a long diatribe from the detective in the Mac So why not support the lad? Do your part with your platform. It's like we've we've never slagged him
3: off, have we? Just I don't sort, think so. No, we've kind of wanted him to score some goals, which is I think he's reasonable enough. Yeah, but credit in the bank, that's a myth you lot invented to justify giving the players you like a
2: pass. Simple as that. We didn't invent that, did well,
4: we? The idea of credit in the bank. Well one could wonder if uh, if Jean-Luc is just saying all this because it's about a player he likes. Yeah, well exactly. So it works. Anyway, uh old um Farker, I quite enjoyed what Daniel Farker was saying about Russell, which what did essentially come down to. He needed to hit it harder and into the net, but also get some luck. But he's saying uh, uh, he said he spoke to him, said that the solution is not to overthink things too much. When you have a situation, when you find it difficult to bring the ball in the back of the net, don't try to be too artificial in your approach. And he's described, we've got some uh, some new terminology from Farker where he says, uh, he says twice, he says, uh, come on, you have to be there with a brutal finish. And then sometimes the ball gets deflected in and then the curse is broken. And he reiterated this. He said, I want to go for clinical brutal finish. But I don't know why that sign we signed Glenn Kamara. Hey. Hey. Boom. Because he's from Finland. He's no Finnish. And he's 27. This is what uh, Ruther has to learn and will learn, but all strikers have sometimes the
1: spirits, which I think why, he means why? like the courage. Shut the up, spirits.
2: you. Why is, shut up. Why is he not using his platform
4: f- for good? Well, he is. He's Barker. supporting him. I mean, he even
2: said. No, he hates him.
4: He said as well that he said, I was a striker as well. And when you're not scoring, you can't really explain. Sometimes you have times when you find it unbelievable difficult, to the variation, to use your chances to score. And sometimes you just have to look at the ball and the ball goes in anyhow. And you can't really explain it. So, I think I said on the match ball, he just, he just needs a bit of confidence, doesn't he? Like he had
2: the moment at Ipswich. Great, yeah. great for his confidence, but he didn't look full of confidence when he was through one-on-one with the keeper at Ellen Road, which you hope will come in time.
3: I didn't watch the full, hi- full game back because I remember it being quite bad the first time and I-, I couldn't really face it. But I did watch the highlights. And... I will say to his credit, it was a nice weight on the pass he put through for Somerville.
4: It was, it was lovely. I was about to mention that and the uh, I think his chance at the other end was a good save from the keeper when Somerville went oh, through on that. Sorry, yes. He was one-on-one. That was They kind of returned the favour to each other. And you could kind of see things, uh, what was working with those. Obviously, the big complaint is that we weren't clinically enough or we didn't have the clinical brutal finish and we weren't creating enough. But actually, those are two good, well-created chances of putting a player putting another player through one-on-one basically in the six-yard box one's a good save I think Somerville's finish actually although it's not as glaring as Rutter's it's equally like you could have done better with that I don't know if Rutter could have done better with his shot that's in the six-yard box it's a good save when the keeper gets his hand up but Somerville's has kind of flicked it into a keeper who's already diving low it was difficult to do anything else but it's still kind of like
3: I put, I, put the, best. I put Rutter's first half chance and Somerville's second half chance in roughly the same category yeah. it's the one that Rutter way, the keeper's stranded it just needs knocking over the top of him doesn't
2: mm-hmm. it I desperately want Somerville to get more own product as well just thinking in terms of final ball finishes stuff like that he does it occasionally with, just to do it more consistently
4: that's with all of them really. that's yeah. basically the story of the day was there was a lot of um, really good build up and you just like a slightly better final pass or like Rutter the best thing he did all day I think was when he um, and it was great from everybody who was involved, in I on the mat ball, match ball. I think it's Nionto ends up healing it down the line, and then he goes and, and absolutely... And he broke it down yeah, the left, down the
2: left. Yeah, and he yeah.
4: batters there, number five, just dumps him on the ground, and then running into the box. And it's where um, we'll come on to where Joel Perot plays soon enough, I think. It's where you're looking for it to be cut back to the penalty spot for um, Farker is convinced that Perot should be arriving late to finish these, and instead he just kind of passes it along the goal line to the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of dropping that defender was like a new thing it's kind of learning what you can do in the EFL because maybe in the Bundesliga when he's been played before and certainly in the Premier League it could have been a, a free kick in the Premier League and he's getting into that game by game of going like it's alright so you, all right, can, you can just shit. kick him Yeah, and the, the referee will play on and he's like oh okay and then he tries it and it works and then he fucks up this. Well show. I was going to say with, with Ruta I think
2: what is slightly confusing about Ruta as a footballer is obviously the price tag is a hindrance for him and people judge him based on that but it's that he either looks absolutely brilliant or terrible, mm. and there doesn't often feel like there's a, there's an in between. Like he does something marvelous, like like the goal at Ipswich. And you think bloody hell, that takes a real kind of it's a it's a maverick quality to do what he did to turn into that gap, you know, and just cut through and then put the brilliant put the ball in, and then you see him go through one on one like that and just spoon it into the keeper's hands. And you know, all strikers miss chances. We know that it's just kind of you you waiting for him to kind of find that average, aren't you? Somewhere in the middle, I think.
3: Yeah, there's not the the kind of rubbish consistency you're almost used to in championship strikers someone who'll just put in simple chances and stand in the middle and do like I don't know do Steve Morrison at Millwall things I suppose yeah. Steve Morrison you could give him that ball that Ruta receives at Ipswich and a million times he never he's never once scoring that goal that Ruta scores but then other times not for Leeds he, he might just be stood in the middle to put it in the goal
4: we can romanticize the likes of Steve Morrison somehow can we so, because if you take Perot's chance on the in the 10th minute That's Mm. the kind of thing where edge of the penalty area put through with the goalkeeper should be just burying it and he put it like six yards wide. And you'd you'd imagine Steve Morrison at Millwall or Billy Sharp at Sheffield United, players of that ilk. But one, there's there's not many of them, which is why I'm struggling to name too many of them, David Nugent or somebody. And two, even those players end up missing chances like Perot scored, uh, what was it, 19 last season, 22 before. But I bet he missed a load like that along the way because 22 is less than a goal every other game. So that means the other twenty (laughs) four matches. He was doing stuff like that where he's just putting Mm. the ball wide. So every chance of them go in, problem is that we've got one of the things with Ritter learning who he can kick and what he can do, it's also like getting the consistency of like how to score goals. I put it in me match report, just how little football our front three behind Perot or in front of Perot, around in and around Perot have actually played where it's in like... Gets
3: yeah, to know each other, that's good.
4: The, <laughs> most, the, the one with the most starts is Somerville with 46 starts. I didn't bother with substitute appearances because that can be a bit iffy. But 15 of those were in the... Eredivisie 2, was it? Yes, Before yeah. when he was 16. Mm-hmm. And then he made them like another dozen in the mm-hmm. Eredivisie when he was 17. And then since then he's been at Leeds and he's got like an average of four starts a season, which is not it's no rhythm, it's no, it's, he's not got that muscle memory of just, I go here and I put it there and it goes in and it's a goal. It's awesome. So it's kind of, I think that's kind of why I didn't mind it on Saturday because it's watching a team working out how to do it, getting it all together, working out what works, learning how to play rather than we've seen other teams recently at Leeds where it looked like they were unlearning things by every single <laughs> game. And there's supposed to be that kind of, maybe it's one of those things people say about, you know, it's like when we got promoted to the Premier League and people are we'll be happy if we finish 17th every year. Nobody was happy about going anywhere near 17th at any time. Everybody absolutely hated that. As the other that you say, oh, we love when youngsters come through and you can watch a young team develop and all seeing them gel together and grow in front of your very eyes. But then you see them growing in front of your very eyes and developing, that's like, fucking rubbish. Why are they winning?
3: I wonder if our brains have been broken a little bit as well in terms of the development of the attack by having people like Pablo and Strachan in the past and you see a young side failing to break teams down, and you maybe you just go, Well, we just need someone old who's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just buy someone old and good. And let's like, let's let let put, put in up. the thing that, w- that worked before. <laughs> but maybe, maybe we can change games in a way that doesn't involve a Pablo type. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Spence comes in and completely opens things up down that side because yeah. all of a sudden there's someone bombing on who can who can also get back and doesn't cause defensive issues. And maybe Junior Furpo. <laughs> anyway, but it sp- it might, it might, Spence pervader.
2: might do yeah, something. It might be, it might be, or it might be, even be a case of because you you assume you know Glenn Kamara is going to play and start most games that it, maybe does it free up Archie Gray to occasionally play in a more advanced role something mm-hmm. like that you know just to mix things up have that midfielder a bit further forward to link things having, up
3: I'm having another fit striker on the bench so you can bring on Bamford or Matteo Joseph or yeah, someone yeah. else whereas it, it I think we covered it on the match ball but it feels like all the subs we had well, they're good options. None of them are actually...
2: There were no sort of game changers there. were, there there were no, Well,
3: none of them... Yeah. There are probably game changers there, but the ones that were there were not fit yeah, yeah, or yeah. haven't been here long. That's yeah.
4: where the Pablo Strachan thing comes into its own because and where I could kind of understand the feeling of disappointment after the game because I did watch the whole thing back. And the most disappointing part of it is the last 20 minutes when you can feel that... It was ebbing away, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah Wednesday have yeah. made yeah. their subs and they're, kind of they're starting to get some chances and so it's become a bit more nervous than it had been up to them the first 70 minutes is basically our players just trying to work out how to score I found that interesting and engrossing and enjoyed watching it
2: that pair of that you mentioned before sorry I actually in the match but I forgot that he'd had that and I think I remember thinking at
4: the time I never mind about that he'll have loads more of those today yeah. and, he, and he actually didn't well he had another one where he um, it was pulled back to him on the penalty spot and his first touch was awful it was Nyonto, and uh, Shaq mm-hmm. Liton did really well and that was another chance that you'd hope he would be burying because it seems to fit everything that Farkas says about him arriving late and finishing so that was a shame but um it was that last 20 minutes when it was kind of ebbing away and you can understand why that's your memory of leaving the ground or watching the games on the visual radio and feeling oh that's been a disappointing end but that was the time when you needed and we probably we might have done under previous seasons Pablo comes on and he's like right it's all right Mm. I've got this I'll sort this out Mm. and in the. Promotion season in particular, we'd be grinding through games nil-nil and with 10 minutes to go, it'd be like him and Vinny Jones would be like, let's just sort this out. Vinny would start tackling harder to make sure we get the ball and then he make sure it goes to Strachan and Strachan's like, right, I am getting into the box and somebody's getting on the end of this game." we're winning this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we don't have that, um, which is kind of where the the shame of the um, transfer window comes in of whether... Um, Farkas is just putting a brave face on the fact that he didn't get any. Well, there's a, there's the, um, there's the uh, free agent market, isn't there? At the minute, mm-hmm. is there anybody book. available? Is Jaden Sancho going to cancel his contract? Well, and come to Leeds. Uh, David, <laughs> David, that, David
3: Nugent unattached. Just because you mentioned him earlier, I thought, where's he playing at? Jay Ling has
4: been mentioned a couple of times, hasn't it
2: Lingard is free and he would actually actually plays in that role. But let's not go there. Let's not discuss that. That's for another day. Um, let's I was just leave just,
3: transfer talk, please. A couple
2: of people actually, Jerry Smith and some coward who has put no name on this talking about us two on the match ball Michael saying we should get some perspective team in the construction look at the positives stop doing our guys down and it was Jerry who also said it was a lot closer to in, in thinking to what Moscow said on the match ball happy with it for the most part
3: it'd be, I, it'd be one of those things if the season develops and it was a game that we just learnt from and didn't lose and I suppose you can put it down to being well fine but if, equally it's if, one well, if we miss out on the playoffs by a couple of points you're like yeah. why didn't we just beat you on Wednesday I think the match ball gone I mean, down on 12
2: points I can't speak for you I can only speak for myself, but so it was just an expression of frustration. Mm. It was it was a, a boiling warm afternoon, as I mentioned on the match ball, like you know be, temperatures we could barely cope with. It was it was actually hot in the East Stand. I don't know if it's something to do with the sun shining on that side, mm. but it was it felt really really hot. So I think that's why I, I think I mentioned the conditions playing a part because it was very very muggy. It was very very sticky walking back down to the to the studio as well afterwards, and I don't know. It, all just, it just felt like one of those kind of heavy afternoons in the sun. If you know what I mean, like the whole.
3: I think my disappointment was from. It was covered in the clip actually. Someone saying, going to the game thinking we're going to win this. Yeah. Because I really thought we'd, we were going to win and then turning up and it just.
2: Especially not, after not, Ipswich as well. And it
3: just not really yeah. happening, which may, maybe should be expected given the weak credit, the transfer window and all that other people and whatnot. But I still thought we'd have enough to beat them.
4: Right. You need to live in the moment, Michael. So you've I got. I know. You've, you've set up too much, like raised it up that too much is like we're going to win and like put too much on it. But then also. Saying that the result will only be, or the the game will only make sense in the context of how the season finished, you're making your entire life a hostage to next May. I think- you see,
2: I will I will agree with that because I I'm trying a lot more now. Like the the more time I've spent getting wound up by the tr- the transfer window this summer, the more I thought, like, it's all just stupid. It's stupid. Players will come, players will go. We'll have some new people to cheer on. We've got some new people to cheer on. They're just bedding in fine. And and, and I'm I am very and I've listened to what you said in the last couple of years, Moscow, unbelievably. And I'm trying more to just enjoy football for what it is and the good bits of it. And I th- I just think after beating Ipswich and being in there on Saturday, expectation had lifted a little bit and it didn't quite live up to it. So it just felt a little bit underwhelming, that was all. Yeah. And obviously those those desert-like conditions played a part as
4: well. That tension will grow as the season goes on, whether we become closer to the top or closer to the bottom of the players or whatever. So stuff will count. But... This is the fourth game of the season. It's the first of September. Like, there's no better time to just not really worry about it than now. And so. But we have
2: to worry because we're carrying two years of worry with us. There's an anxiety there about the transfer window. There's the hangover from relegation. People are still carrying a lot of that with them. You can't just let it go because we've had the summer. It
4: kind of it all rolls forward together, doesn't it? But there's also making it as easy on yourself as possible because if everything. Why would you become a Leeds fan? Because, well, yeah, but if everything <laughs> depends on promotion or not that's like the most difficult thing to achieve because we know how long it took. It's the same with fans at the top of the Premier League where it's like this only the scum resort on Sunday where all like, oh, this matters about whether we're going to win the league or not. If everything is set up about whether you win the league at the end of the season or get promoted at the end of the season, only 23 teams will go up. It's So you're really pinning everything that happens between now and then on the least likely thing to happen. So it's creating more disappointment than perhaps a nil-nil draw. A very rare clean sheet, that was good, that was new and positive and exciting, um, than is necessary or will actually make you happy because that's the other thing that happens with stuff like this. If you come out of a win you're kind of like, oh, but we're still, you know, four points off the top of the fucking Premier League and we we won the charity shield. Away. It's like, wow. Let's say the... Um, You'll never succeed.
2: you never...
1: Hear the other half of the Leeds fan reaction there. Here we go. Five, four, one. Formation. Cheating. Five, four, one. Formation. Cheating. Time-wasting. Referees. that... Ruter and Perrault were both dog shit today. Let's have it fucking right. Shackleton was a standout. He was excellent. As was Spence when he came on or died, Spence, or Jed Spencer. But I what a fucking page you read. Anyway, Barker has to start Spence in the future. Sorry, Bill, but ta
7: I agree with that Jarvis Cocker-looking fellow on the ball match. It was fine.
6: In fact, it would have been a perfectly agreeable way to spend two hours of the weekend if only the score line were to read 2-0 at its end. So here's why I'm not bothered with this result. First and foremost, far too early in the campaign. But looking back at our promoted season of 2019-2020, lost to Charlton, they were relegated. Lost to Wigan, they were relegated. Drew and lost to Wednesday, 16th on the table. Drew with Luton, 19th on the table. I just, I don't have any more shits to give. Struck me sitting in the East
1: stand how bloody hot it was. That it was really hot for the players as well. I was particularly noticed that I thought Ampadu and Gray were nothing like as effective. But I worked out they've played all seven matches this year. It's just as well we got some reinforcements in. But we do need to play with a bit more speed and passion from now on. Just weren't quick enough against that set of deadbeats from Sheffield.
0: <laughs> Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
6: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss, plus with a US-based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.
2: On to clips of other teams then, shall we? Um... What
3: we- should we hear a brief from a Sheffield Wednesday fan? It wasn't a great deal, but right. uh, Ben Harris, he was there. It was at Ellen Road. Not entirely sure how much this will come across on, uh, on audio, but we'll try it anyway. It's just of Wednesday fans listening to Marching On Together. You notice this quite a lot when Yorkshire Way fans, particularly I think Yorkshire fans, get really, really annoyed by Marching On Together in a way that. Barnsley I'm... used to sing it, did they? Yeah. There
2: have been times when Barnsley have sung it before in the past. Yeah, yeah. What era is that? I can't think exactly when it happened, but yeah, if you, you can find evidence, not evidence like audio evidence of it, but like if you go like, search forums, There'll be people who either watch this, listen to it, or whatever, will say, yeah. And other teams pinched it for a bit. I suppose
3: yeah. we, well, us and other teams used to sing "You'll Never Walk Alone" as but well. But that was a chart hit, it was, which was adopted by Liverpool
2: mm-hmm. and Celtic sing it, for example, don't you? Where I was Marching On Together" was written for us and is sung by
3: us. So boundly, yeah. Keep your hands off. We we're playing that well they were a little bit from a Sheffield Wednesday fan there wasn't a great deal but Ben Harris does, does it sound bad. like this
2: because da 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 da? they speak like that in Sheffield do they not he's quite well spoken for Sheffield oh, okay.
3: I, would, I would say an anyway. outsider he's quite a young lad who for some reason insists on playing the Stone Roses under all of his talking when he's doing his bits to camera but this bit is from, um, from inside Ellen Road anyway it's just his the game sort of panning out via an away fan's view another great save by Vasquez man he's keeping
5: us in this fucking game oh we are getting lucky
7: A really good chance
5: to we win that well we should have scored. Oh man, what it? Oh Lee Gregory coming up for the Domai Arthur. This is such a defensive sub. You know, hopefully, hopefully we can hold on to a point here. Really. they're all over
6: us.
5: Oh. oh my god, he's off, but that was close. Michael Smith there coming off for. Ashley
7: Fetcher. I don't know what this guy's going to do. Oh Oh my God, Pato should have scored. Fucking
5: hell. Brotter just missed a
3: fucking sitter. Oh my god! that was shocking. I enjoyed how scared he was around. Shit, I don't know what this guy's going to do. I'm sure we slagged him off a couple of years ago, saying why did he keep getting transfers because We were linked with him when Arthur was here, and then he, he just moves around clubs not scoring goals. Mm-hmm. But once played for Manu, and I think scored some like goals on loan at Barnsley in about 2001. But there he is, Sheffield Wednesday. That's where you end up. Uh, after the game, seemed happy,
5: right? Then, guys, back from Ellen Road, and uh, what a result, eh? 0 0. Um, a point on the board for the Owls, and uh, to be honest. I'm well happy with it, you know. You know, told me today going into the game was you taking a little. I'd have said yes straight away. You know, we got a point. We're off the bottom, surprisingly. Middles- Middlesbrough now, bottom of the league. But to be honest, today I think we actually played quite well. um You know, Leeds obviously with their, you know, high line and high press and everything, uh, attacking formation. They kept us on the back foot nearly at all times, but. Um, in 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 patches we had you know nice little counter attacks and breaks and uh, Windass was sent through and Rich just scored um, uh, at one point uh, you know we really had it in us to go and rob it and I had that feeling that it might happen but uh, you know in the end it didn't but also they didn't score as well which was was the most important thing in the end and uh, yeah I was just happy that we managed to get away um, with a point and um, with a clean sheet.
4: There we go then. I quite enjoy his vague tactical breakdown there. I don't think we did have a high line. It's just that Wednesday was so chronic that we just played in their half. Mm. So it was absolutely pointless mm. for our... I mean, at one point, wasn't all our team just in their half. It's not a high line. It's your team being a load of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that Middlesbrough were bottom,
2: honestly. That came as a shock to me when you mentioned that. Just Not looking at the table, yet. I'm refusing it's, to engage with look the after, AFL. Look
3: after 10 games, that was the old method, wasn't it? Well,
4: it's yeah. a mad old table. I mean, that's the other thing that sort of puts everything the weekend is everybody being frightened at Southampton and them going and getting smashed 5 0 by Sunderland. It's just, should we hear from them? I would love to hear. Um, <laughs> which, which end are we talking? I don't want any uh merry Sunderland. No, fans no, don't worry. This
3: is this is slightly upset Southampton fans. They've been quite reasonable as well, but I suppose they do have. In the muscle memory, a couple of nine nils recently, don't they? So, so they're probably like, "This <laughs> feels good." These things happen. <laughs> they got off lucky. <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically the gist of what they're saying. Here. But let's
5: um, be fair; those other results yesterday for Leicester and Leeds—yes—is yeah, it do this us massive favours? It's not in the end of the game, not actually that bad, apart from goal difference.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, this is it. It's effectively, if we came up yesterday with a point, we would have been super happy. Well, it's only one point then, isn't it? You know, and I think that was when we were three nil down. It was the case of well, that's the best we can hope for now. So we're just, you know, we move on, but we also acknowledge the fact that we haven't had a clean sheet since March 5th. And yeah. that, that, that for me is a big worry. I mean, I've seen some clinical football here last Saturday against QPR, but again, we were caught at the back on a couple of occasions where a better side would have put us, put us to bed.
5: The, the way to look at it is that in the last two years, let's say specifically two years, since since that Aston Villa game, we've had a team that doesn't have a good attack, doesn't have a good midfield, and doesn't have a good defense, and doesn't have a good goalkeeper. And I now think we're in a position where we've got a good attack. yeah, We've got a pretty solid midfield. Uh-huh. Def- defense is leaky, but mainly down the middle, down the wings, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, goalkeeper is goalkeeper. And we, can, we can go on about the argument forever, but I do think that we're so much better. It's
2: just sorting that back line out. That is very, very circumspect, considering they lost 5-0 at Sunderland. If that was us, I don't think we'd be as calm about <laughs> it as that.
3: No, I don't either. Poor old, Jay, poor old, is it Bazunu, their goalkeeper? The guy they got from Man City. They, yeah. They're basically saying every bit of the team's improved, then they get to him and go, and, well, he's just still the same. A bit like
4: us with Junior Firpo, I guess. Yeah. Bless yeah. Junior. Yeah, they're partnering uh, Jan Bednarek with Mason Holgate. It's like... A- yeah, Everton? Yeah, he's rubbish. And oh, they've just got Howard yeah. Bellis as well from Manchester haven't they?
2: So. Yeah,
3: they, they did cover the fact that he's rubbish.
4: So, all our problems, all that everybody's kind of unhappy about from the weekend is going forward. There is maybe a a point to make that we do seem to at least have, well, um, on this evidence, a better defence than the top of the league team that everyone's assuming got with Joe Rodon. Looks all right. Mm. Pascal Strauch. Looks s- handsome. Strolling this level, and he was looking, if you look on either uh, our Instagram or in the match report, there's some photos that Lee Brown, our photographer, took of Pascal. Hmm. Ridiculous. So, that's good. Left back, were a bit of a, you know, it is what it is, it always is. Jamie Shackleton, it could turn out to be the making of him. We've also got Sam Byram, who looked like a natural Premier League player um, in the games he played so far. You could just see why Sam Byram was really, really good. And then, on the other side, Jed Spence coming in. So, All the worry and the stress about are we going to score enough goals, starting by getting back to actually keeping a clean sheet is probably just as important as what we're doing or not doing at the other end. And then Ampadu, better than Tyler Adams. I think that's clear. Inarguable. (laughs) Nobody across any of the... uh, How many continents are there? Um, That's a seven. Nobody across any of the continents would dispute that. Archie Gray is just Archie Gray. And then Kamara and Groove, we've finally got a midfield and all better than. I mean, Archie is that what Gref- you're going for? You're going for Groove rather than Groove? I don't know yet. Archie Gray. Is clearly better than Mark Rocker will ever be already. He's, well, he's,
2: he's getting so. good reports. I mean, we're, we're going to come on to um, Lone Watch, aren't we, in due course, about how people... I mean, Rasmus but, Watch.
3: Do you know what? Let's cover it now, in fact, while we're, quick, we're on quickly. it. Because it's not really, um, really Lone Watch, it's just Rasmus Watch because he's quite... I mean, he's, well,
2: Mark Rocker is, is getting really good reports, which bodes well for a future transfer.
3: That's true. Rasmus, however... Not so much. So he played 65 minutes in his first game, got taken off, played 45 minutes in the second game. So it's coming down by 20 each time. Nope. Um, it, went, it came down by forty five this time, was right. on the bench, didn't come on. Right. Uh, and they lost, Roma did lose, and the Corriere della Sport are reporting that he's been left out of their European squad as well. Yeah, he's
2: also
4: been dropped by Denmark, I think.
3: Yeah. So I I just wanted to check in on how this has affected Moscow's portfolio. We're gonna call it a portfolio. <laughs>
4: Well, it's a good question, and so,
2: I mean,
3: I mean... It's the Roma
2: fan token you've got, isn't it? You bought yeah. a Socios one, didn't did you? Did you notice that the... the did you see the, the retweet I gave that the United uh, fan token is the lowest priced of all of the fan tokens now? Wow, buy, so you're saying it's a big buy? I mean, yeah. Go big on it Buy now. low, sell high, and obviously it will climb presumably to
3: unheard <laughs> of heights soon. Uh, what, what is the actual price? Because they were offered at two quid, weren't they? Yeah, I think they're about 33 pence or something like that. Okay, so bargain. You like a bargain, so there's that. Dude, I will say, don't buy them. In oh. case anyone is, for some reason, not detecting the sarcasm in this, don't buy it. You're getting nothing. You're buying smoke.
2: Should we move on to um, Chelsea? Because we're not in the Premier League, don't know if you noticed anymore. No. But some of the shenanigans that went on over the weekend, I thought, I'm glad we opted not to be in the Premier League anymore. <laughs> all that VAR nonsense. It's, it's not, all silly, isn't it's it? It's not
3: brought a lot of happiness anywhere from the bits I've listened to anyway. So this is friend of the pod. But yeah, we are we are keeping tabs on the Premier League because it's full of maniacs. Rory Jennings. Yeah. So
2: this is the guy. Well, Jim Rory will just say anything.
3: Well, we'll we'll see. Well, let's break this well, down. So this yeah. is him. We'll first hear him post forest where if you weren't aware, they lost one-nil this weekend.
8: Now look, when I do these videos, I get people accusing me of of being reactionary. I get people having a pop at me saying that I'm being divisive or that I'm tribal or that I'm biased or or that I cause a problem in the fan or whatever. And I really don't want to do that. I don't want to be the reactionary bloke. I don't like that model. But how can anybody suggest that Chelsea aren't sleepwalking into a crisis here? It's so apparent to me. And look, maybe I'm wrong. And I'll put it out to you. If you agree with me, if you believe that Chelsea are currently sleepwalking into yet another crisis, can you give this video a like? Just so I can monitor it. Maybe I, maybe I am missing the point. Maybe I am getting it wrong. But I can see how wrong this is going.
2: Sleepwalking into a crisis. Mm. It doesn't want to be reactionary. I'm taking notes here. It doesn't want to be reactionary or divisive sleepwalking into a crisis Any, and
3: anyone can see it it's so yeah. apparent don't forget to like and subscribe guys yeah do like it as well yeah. but so it's it's apparent now should we hear what he had to say two weeks ago let's do that
8: I think we did so well the resilience in this Chelsea team is just incredible and it was a brilliant proof of concept for what Maurizio Pochettino is trying to build if nothing else just compare this Chelsea team compare the desire on display at Stanford Bridge today with anything that you saw from Chelsea last year. It was so much improved on last season, and I was saying to the lads on the club the whole time, we're going to win this game. I truly believed, and I think that is indicative of who Chelsea are in itself. The fact that I've watched Chelsea play Liverpool at Stamford Bridge, and I've been convinced, despite at points losing the game, that we are going to win is huge. Like I honestly now can't see a world where we don't challenge. We are really, really good. We played with such pride, such aggression, and I am now full of joy about what this team can do this season. I think that we we are now a contender, put it that way, and we will fight tooth and nail for every point. I think that that is clear for all to see. You know, there is no doubt about it that Chelsea are up for this challenge and Pochettino will demand that we, um, that we compete. So, I'm over the moon. I truly am. And without European football to distract us, there is a real chance that we could do something significant in the league.
2: Now a contender. Our content sleepwalking into a crisis.
3: That was a that's completely apparent. It yeah. wasn't apparent like a couple of weeks ago. So, can anyone be blamed if he if Rory couldn't see it two weeks ago?
2: but well, a man with his foresight, mm. Mm. an evident genius.
3: <laughs> he
2: will just say anything, won't he?
3: Pretty much. shall we hear what is um, what he's had to say about Caicedo? Yeah, the new exciting midfielder. See, this is the
8: problem when you sign Caicedo. You spend all that money on a player who's played forty games. You've seen him play 40 games. Yeah, he was all right in the World Cup. Had a decent season. You spent 115 million. You know, people were comparing him to Declan Rice. It's like, are you an idiot. Are you, are, you, are you an idiot? Declan Rice has been playing brilliantly for what, four consecutive years, doing it for England in finals, doing it for England at tournaments, doing it for England at the top level, doing it for West Ham time and time again, being a one man team, lifting silverware at West Ham and then getting the big move. And people want to compare Moises Caicedo to Declan Rice. Look, Declan Rice is a different league. It's incomparable. Caicedo may become that. Hopefully. Maybe, maybe not. Let's hope he can. But he isn't that today. So why are you spending that kind of money on him? You utter imbeciles. These venture capitalist idiots. What are you doing?
2: Imbeciles. Venture capital idiots.
3: So imbeciles choosing to spend that much money on him. Remember the key points. Um, Declan Rice is in a different league. Are you an idiot thinking you're buying anyone even half as good as Declan Rice? Um, And he's not that today. So what have you signed him for? I just
4: didn't like the way he kept saying doing it.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. So those are his points. Look, compare and contrast. Those are his points, um, yeah. Forrest. Do you want to hear what he was saying about Caicedo while they were signing him? I bet it's consistent with Just as they were poaching him from Liverpool. Yeah. Do you think he was saying those things there? Cons-
2: it's consistent with his previous points they just made, I guess.
3: I think there is a chance here that Moises
8: Caicedo is going to end up a Chelsea player. Now, this is the dream. He is exactly what Chelsea need. You know, at one point, all Chelsea had to do was pay 100 million quid. It's now looking like we're going to have to pay in excess of, what, 110? But it's so worth it. Make no mistake about it. Chelsea's, I don't want to say our season rests on his signature, but I think our aspirations do. I think we are so desperately in need of a player of his quality. Think about just how good he is. Think about exactly what he does for a team. Think about how important he will be in a Chelsea midfield. He is everything that Chelsea need. And the thought that he could actually end up signing for us is a dream come true. If you look at our midfield, there are some very good players on our midfield, but it's lacking. It's lacking in some vital ingredients. And those all of those vital ingredients exist in abundance in one player. We solve all of our midfield issues in the capture of one
4: player. Uh, is
3: he on his own saying all this? Yes. Strange way to spend his time. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably because he wasn't on his own, other people have been going. But you said you said like three weeks ago that Caseda was the going to solve every problem. Well, you never even mentioned everything that Chelsea need. You never even mentioned Declan Rice though. One hundred and ten million worth it. The imbeciles who spent one hundred and ten million on him. Different than him saying it. It was, def- it was definitely a, worth spending. Such a grift. Not spending that money.
4: It's funny because all his thumbnails, he's like looking across at somebody. As if he's talking, as if he's yeah. like, oh, it's him. But then he's talking to you. You click on it, it's just him on his own in what looks like, well, I mean, there's white walls and a, a white bed. Do you think he's an amnesiac? Because that does happen to people, doesn't it? You struggle to remember things. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, a condition, amnesia um, affecting him. Do you think that's it? Is He's just, he, he doesn't like, every day It's just like, I've got a great idea. I think I might start a Chelsea podcast. <gasps> well, have you have you, have you, have you seen the, there's the film? It's a it's a rom com, so you might
2: not have done. But I, I'm I'm a sucker for a rom com. I like a rom com. Um, Fifty first dates. Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, and due to a brain injury, she's got she wakes up and forgets overnight everything that happened the previous day. Like she's stuck on the same day over and over again. Maybe that's it. Maybe Rory needs Adam Sandler to come along and whisk him off his feet. I've not seen it. Is it worth seeing? It depends if if you like easy to watch rom coms. Yes.
3: Hmm.
2: Probably won't be my first choice. No. But it's nice to you know light some candles, get a bottle of wine, mm. maybe just sit there.
4: One of his thumbnails, it's him at the microphone with the word reaction next to him. And it's Arsenal with the community shield. And he's kind of looking out the corner of his eyes if somebody's just walking into the room. Nobody's walking in the room. <laughs> maybe it's Adam Sandler. He's, he's all alone. But presumably... It could be, a, it could be his mum. Presumably, like, people find him so obnoxious that he has to do the thumbnails as if it's like, no, it's alright, somebody else is going to be on this. And you're like, oh, it's not just Rory. I'll have a look. I'll see who he's chatting to. Who that is out the corner of his eye that he's speaking across. And then you click on his it, oh, no, It's just Rory again, isn't it? Because maybe all his, maybe all his viewers also can't remember what happened last time. Oh no, maybe, maybe this time it's an amnesia spot group. Rory's <laughs> gonna have somebody there with him, and he's gonna make some good <laughs> points. And so I'll like, oh, watch it this time. <laughs> Never happens. Not only did uh, did Chelsea lose, but Manchester
2: United did as well. We mentioned Johnny United further back in the show. Should we go to uh, Johnny United now?
3: Yes, we, we, he was big into his his Ollie Out stuff. Is when yeah. he kind of rose to rose to prominence, but he's moved over to Twitter Spaces, which are a collaborative space where people can have discussions. Yeah. But Johnny's style doesn't doesn't really suit this because I mean I mean Rory's doing a monologue. Johnny's actually an expert. At it. <laughs> so this is the start of because thankfully he's all Twitter Spaces now. For a time, if you weren't on him live, you couldn't listen to him you can go back and listen to record. I don't know if it's something you have to choose, but on Johnny's, you can go back and listen to it. Oh, why don't you just take Elon's dick out of your mouth? So this, <laughs> so this is the start of the stream. No, no, no intro to it. This is just how it begins.
7: Fucking bullshit, man. Absolute <laughs> bullshit. Can I choose that? How was that screaming? offside? How was that? How was that offside? That. I don't get that. I don't don't I don't get that at all, bollocks, man. I don't get that at Absolute all, Absolute bullshit. And listen, you can all laugh, right? But it's United this week. Next week, it'll be our fucking team. Absolute robbery!
1: Yeah, that's a joke. fucking
7: joke. joke. I, I was that offside? That's
6: that a were, joke.
7: He oh, clearly went offside. Is Because
6: he offside.
7: A Listen, I don't care. No one's going to tell me that we're, that are we're offside. He was onside. He was fucking onside. Bullshit, man! Fucking robbing bastards! Yeah, I do. I can handle losing, right? Fair and square. But
2: when you get that, like, uh, it was so clearly onside. Fucking bollocks, man. I'm not sure I agree with that statement. You, Moscow? It wasn't,
7: it wasn't onside. Um, it, was, um, it was.
2: And then the old being able to
4: handle losing, I've never really seen much evidence of
2: that. It was,
3: I mean, it was really close to being onside. I'll give him that.
4: Everyone was worried, weren't they, before VAR came in? It's like, oh, what will we argue about? the decisions are all just clear-cut and like we've got the video evidence to show what's happened. There'll be nothing left to argue about, nothing to discuss. Things like this, Twitter spaces, will just be barren wastelands of no conversation, talk sport will have to close, there'll be not to debate. And yet, it's not only Johnny here doing his... I'm sure that probably went on for a, a number of hours. It, went, the same on, it went
3: on for an hour and 15
4: minutes, did this space. But the game itself and this is where a, a conspiratorial mind may draw awkward conclusions, had Mike Dean on co-commentary. It's like VAR was supposed to solve, even if it wasn't supposed to end debates, it was at least supposed to solve a lot of the arguing about refereeing and make things really easy to understand. And yet two years, three years into VAR, we've somehow taken it to now that Mike Dean is co-commentating on a game, presumably in case this happens. And it was there when he was, he was like that with the, uh, he fully Peter Walton the penalty from what I could tell. He was like, oh, this is, yep, that's definitely a penalty. And then as it went on, he's like, oh, he's, he's asking for a review. I can see why he wants a review, actually. And he, that's not a penalty. Yeah, you'd never be giving that as a penalty. He's done very well there. Not so. in a million years. But we don't need that on the co-commentary because the whole point of VAR was it was supposed to be like, right, is that a penalty? No, sorted, nothing to discuss. And yet, no, oh, we're wheeling it in because, Mike, what's the VAR controversy going to be today? It's like, well, I can't predict the future, but it's definitely going to be one. I mean,
3: the, the conspiracy of VAR on this doesn't really work either, given the fact, as you said, VAR did overrule an Arsenal penalty. And if you were trying to gift Arsenal points, you'd probably just let that stand <laughs> because there was some contact, wasn't there? And it was definitely—it was about as much as a penalty as the one that was given to Rashford yeah. against Forrest, was it last week? I can't remember. The they have had a really weak penalty anyway. So, uh, what I like about Johnny's delivery is that he kind of goes quiet for bits, but then as soon as anyone else speaks, I was going to say, but you—he's know a bullshit.
2: Yeah, and he, he goes quiet. But when, what what he's doing when he goes quiet is he's not listening. He's just seething, and he
4: quietly <laughs> seething. If we're going to complain a bit, the referee got a very low score from RTSV plus members, quite rightly so. But um, Bannon and his mate on Archie Gray was a was it Archie Gray or Somerville? Somerville. It Somerville. Yeah, because then two minutes later, Archie Gray had his mm. legs taken, and that was a yellow card. Yeah, the Somerville yeah. was
3: like he was like scissored in the middle of two people, wasn't it? it was
4: Barry yeah. Bannon arrived about ten minutes after the ball sliding through. Did, he didn't even give a free kick for it, did he? Nope. No. Absolutely mental. work. Like, bullshit! Get me on the Twitter spaces. <laughs> anyway, robbery. Back,
3: back to Johnny United. Let's so, say. so this is... I was listening to this later, as I mentioned, because yeah. I, I, just, I just thought I'd check in on him because he's not, not seen him do anything in a while. But I was like, oh, the Twitter space is available. Amazing. So I thought this was recorded after the game. So this bit came as a real treat. Listen, listen,
7: let me say this, yeah. I, I don't think Arsenal were even good today. I'm going to call a spade a spade. I don't think they were fucking good. I don't think we... I think it was two. What the fuck? Oh, no! Terrible. No! Fuck! 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 What happened? What happened? It's 3-1! Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, man! Fucking 3-1! You useless (laughs) (laughs) bastard! Absolutely priceless, isn't it?
3: I just wasn't expecting it. I really thought they were doing it after the game. So to yeah. get a live goal going in was amazing.
7: How
4: would that have made you that much more angry? I know.
3: It was like the 108th minute. Or yeah, <laughs> so the already, they weren't
4: going to, you know, he was already doing the post-mortem of the, the game. Oh no, 3-1 worse. Well, he
3: seemed annoyed because he has got oh, they'd have beaten us anywhere now. But it's like, well, uh, we, you can't concede a goal there.
4: The new goal is good though, isn't he?
3: Oh, brilliant. Yeah. worth Worth spending the money on. Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans. Well teaming bit, up a bit more on them now actually. I just because I did listen to I didn't listen to the full hour of fifteen, cause Christ, can you imagine? Yeah. But I did listen to a bit more. And I just put together a little cut of to get the general vibe of, of the way it went. <laughs> You're
7: useless bastards. Fucking dickheads man. Fucking billets, man. Fucking bullshit. No, I'm not tenag out, No, I'm not Tanag out. I'm not Tanag out. Let me that very clear. But am I looking I'm a bit funny? Yes I fucking am. I'm coming for the fucking glazers. How have we got Harry Maguire and Johnny fucking prehistoric Evans as a centre-back partnership in 2023? Wankers, man. Them bastards. That's on the fucking glazers. The fucking glazers. Bastard <laughs> Johnny Evans. <laughs> fucking ghost. The fuck all, man. But listen, you're missing
3: the point.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I can guess. Oh, green and gold until we are sold. Who was that in the background? Was that his mom coming at night?
3: Oh, it's some other people on the on his space. Oh, okay. Their job is to just try and speak every thirty seconds or so, and then go. No, listen, listen. You can have your say in a minute, but no one ever gets the say. He just, Brilliant. So you're missing he just, the point. <laughs> he just shout as oh, they get the say until the point he disagrees with them. Then he yells.
2: Super. Let's close out on Warnock watch then, because um, we came up with the theory, didn't we, in the shows this week that he's trying to talk himself out of a job. Mm. Because he, you know, it's coming round to coming round to winter. I want to be back at home, die in front of the fire with Sharon and all. That. A little payoff. So yeah, gets gets his contract paid up. so he's, He started going in a little bit because the, the the backstory is that the is the chairman had a little bit of something to say about an unacceptable performance, didn't he? or Whatever. And then um, Warnock bit back, and it's all going to fall apart.
3: Although they actually won this weekend. Well, that's that's undone mm-hmm.
2: his plan a little bit, and it's probably scuppered his plan to get fired. Hasn't his it?
3: destroying exit is um, is being scuppered, but this is him. This is him trying to excuse himself. Already,
1: we are giving everything the team's giving everything I'm giving everything and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you know when I look pick the papers up you know it's alright saying we're disappointed I was disappointed on Sunday when I picked the papers up and four of my main targets in the transfer window in the summer one had made a goal for a, a winning team uh, a smaller club than ours in the championship two had scored goals in the championship and the midfield player was my number one target had got star in another game you know, so when I see things like that, because we we can't afford those players, it, it disappoints me as well. Are you with me? Yeah. Because I felt, you know, we should have, we could have been in um, getting four or five good players to the squad. I didn't realize at the time that my budget would include uh, the players that were resigned. Right. And uh, you know, so I, I you know, I've been disappointed a lot in in many things, but uh, I think you know I've got to keep my own counsel.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's he's really done that, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> kept a lid on that you Neil <laughs> just fully explained yeah. what I'm unhappy with I'm going to be quiet now yeah.
4: I mean he's yeah. so obvious what he's doing isn't it even so down on. to the detail of like who was involved in the budget and there's, and it's also. I mean obviously we know what he's doing but Neil Warnock supposedly the most experienced manager on earth being fleeced by a chairman <laughs> talking about the budget he's not explained the budget to me properly how have you not worked it out you're supposed to how do you not know how is the one thing that Neil Warnock has failed to grasp is Huddersfield's championship transfer budget. That should be something he should be writing it for. It should just be... Toast should be popping up in his house and it's not Jesus burnt into it. It's Huddersfield's championship level transfer budget. He riles you, doesn't he? Yeah, he's done it all as a favour and now we'll see how that's turning out. Because if you're doing it for a favour, you're not going to whinge on about, oh, but the transfer budget isn't... You, you're trying to help them out, not... I'm going to help you out, but also I'm going to drag your name through the, the street. But I think also, perhaps the chairman could be like, well, we, we got him in. He said he was going to do us a favour. We're bottom of the league. We haven't won yet. <laughs> and then they needed all day. At least
3: he's keeping his counsel.
4: We need Carlos Colburn's West Brom to come along and help out. Kyle Bartley started. It's disappointing that they conceded too. Well, there we go. That's wrapping it up for uh, for this week, propaganda. He'd gone off before the winner. That explains it. <laughs>
2: Um, we've got some more clips over on the members show. Some some bonus propaganda over on there. Some Chelsea, more Chelsea dickheads. Bit
3: more Chelsea. Yeah, okay, good. We're recording a bit later in the week as well, so I'm going to have a little look at Newcastle as well because I suspect they'll be um, they'll be how out by now, won't they? Unacceptable start.
2: Yeah. So the uh, the members show is for members. Um, you can sign up. Squareball.net forward slash plus if you fancy a bit of that. Yeah, we do a bonus show each week. Some bit, Bonus bits, of propaganda. There your questions, their questions, all sorts of stuff. Songs sometimes. Sometimes songs by Ken Bates. Yeah, you've been putting together quite a, an album. Just stick to promoting the good stuff. It's questions that we answer. Yeah. We'll catch you in a bit.
6: The Square Ball Podcast. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time.